0: If you are in need of therapeutic support, such as counseling, please seek out a therapist near you. Just a couple of um, announcements and reminders. Um, I I want to, again, thank those of you, um, the new financial supporters of The Estranged Heart. I really am super grateful for your donations. Um, They really help free up some time for me to be able to assist um, estranged parents and estranged adult children, um, more so on a one-on-one basis. And I'm super grateful for that. Um, Thank you for believing in the work that I'm doing. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And um, I wanted to also just throw out there again, if you have ever considered starting a podcast, I know that I'm approached with that at times, generally by people who don't necessarily like my podcast, and that's okay because not every podcast can be all things to all people, um, and all of our voices are needed, Um, but if you're interested in or have ever considered starting your own podcast, um, check out my um, very dear friend John um, and his podcast training that begins on June 20th. You can find out more about that. I'll leave information in the show notes, but it's also at thejohncollective.com slash course. And um I also wanted to just mention real quickly, um, I was working with an estranged um adult daughter, and um she contacted me recently and um informed me of her decision to no longer move forward with our work. And while that is completely and totally fine, um, I just wanted to mention here, um, I am so sorry that she is in a place where she feels, and this is was the reason that was given to me, that she no longer wants to continue our work together, is because she feels like nothing is ever going to change with her mom. And she's not the first estranged adult child that has said that to me, and that makes me super, super sad. Um, I do know that there are estranged parents out there that are doing the inner work of healing and have not necessarily been given the opportunity for their estranged adult children to see the changes that they are making or have made. Um, I recognize that, but I also recognize there are many estranged parents who are not willing to change the narrative. Um, and hear their, their adult child's pain. And I've heard hers, and my heart breaks, that she will continue to live with that pain of not being heard by her mom. Um, so if you're listening today, you know who you are. I am so very sorry. And I hope that somehow, some way, somewhere along the way that your mom finds the courage, finds a way to be able to open her heart to you. Okay, on to today's episode. Um, Today's episode is titled, I'm So Angry. Um, And so we will talk about anger as it relates to estrangement. And um, let's begin with our quotes. The first quote is, If your children fear you, They Cannot Trust You. And that is by Authenticate and Nate. Um, That's a a podcast that I follow. The second is, There is no such thing as a negative emotion. All of your emotions are essential to your well-being. Learn their language and you can change your life. And that that is by Carla McLaren, who is the author of The Language of Emotions. And the third and final one is we become better parents, have better relationships and happier lives when we finally heal our past. And that is by Sven Erlinson, who is um, the counselor and creator of Badass Counseling and author of There's a Hole in My Love Cup. So as we begin today's episode, um, I wanted to kind of give a, give a reason for this particular episode. I was approached by an estranged mom um, who is intrigued with my ability to access emotions. And um, she wrote to me, I admire and am amazed by how you access your emotions and let them shine through. Would you consider adding that into your podcast? Like how to peel back the layers of anger whatever worked for you to get you here through the years. It's so important and heard so differently when it comes from a mom who's lived it versus a therapist or a book. So I wanted to give uh, do today's episode because of her outreach to me, which, by the way, if you have ideas, topics, things that you want covered um, would like me to address in an episode, please feel free to reach out to me. I'm happy to, to listen to what your needs are because this podcast is, is for you. So that being said, anger, um, I will quote two different, um, people here, uh, in today's episode when it comes to anger and that is, um, Dr. Brene Brown and Carla McLaren, again, um, the author, she is the author of the language of emotions. And, um, she talks about how valid anger is, right. And that it is needed and it's not a negative emotion. Um, but I am a firm believer in that women, especially women are, not in touch with their anger for a variety of reasons. Um, Our society says women should not be angry. Good little girls don't get mad, right? Um, And so we tend to shove that down and shove it down and shove it down. And what tends to happen is um, the manifestation of anxiety and depression, right? While I had depression, um, a bit of depression in during my estrangement, I didn't. I was not clinically di- um, depressed, and I believe that again, especially with women, I believe a lot of women um, experience clinical depression in part because they are not able to get mad and angry, and um, I'm here to tell you that your anger serves a purpose. It is there to help you, not to harm you, and not to harm others. Where things get sideways is in the expression of the anger, right? There are healthy expressions of anger and there are very not healthy ways to express anger that can be violent and bring harm to others. And so in today's episode, I I want to talk about how, you know, the the expression of anger in the not so healthy ways causes damage. It causes trauma. And I did that with my kids when they were growing up. I was, I I was very angry, um, as a child, as an adult, um, up until, up until just after my estrangement occurred and I got myself into therapy and started diving into why am I so angry? Um, and growing up, I, my anger was not welcomed and for me, a lot of, a lot of children, will end up suppressing that anger and becoming mm, people pleasers because they know that the only way to get love from, from a caretaker, a parent, um, is to please them instead of being angry. And so that's what happens with a, a lot of cases. In my case, as a child, I, that did not happen. I, I became angrier. The more that my anger was not welcomed, the more that my anger was um, shamed, the angrier I became. And so I was a very angry person. I was raised in the South, and good little girls don't get mad. Good little girls don't get angry, and they certainly don't stay mad and angry. And I did. So I was not my anger was never dealt with. It was never the, well, I take that back. It was dealt with in the way of shaming. So I learned how to shame, right? And that's what I did with my, with my daughters. Um, I was a very angry parent, quick to anger. Um, and I shamed them for making me angry. When in reality, they weren't making me angry, right? So what I learned in therapy is that my anger, that anger is a secondary emotion, that it's generally the protector and covering a different emotion. And that was definitely my case. So my anger was covering up my heart, um, I remember specifically asking my mom not long ago, you know, when did I, when did I become an angry child? You know, I was wondering, did, was I always angry? Was I, you know, from the time I started toddling around, was I angry or did it develop at a, another time period in my life? And she told me it was around the age of eight or nine And that is when my, um, my, my parents divorced when I was five and my dad came back into my life on a full-time, you know, more of a full-time basis when I was eight or nine years old. And, um, I think that I was angry. I was fearful that, you know, he had been gone and now he had returned and he too was an angry person. And so there was a bit of me that feared him. And if we go back to um, today's uh, talking about today's quotes, right? Um, If your children fear you, they cannot trust you, right? And I feared my dad on some level, um, and I know that my children feared me. So there was no trust within those relationships. So again, um, then, then I became an estranged parent of adult daughters and my anger showed up in absolute rage and fury at that point in my life. And I was furious, furious with my daughters at the beginning of our estrangement, um, as in so angry, you know, beating the steering wheel of the car, screaming and shouting into the phone while talking to my parents and demanding that if I died that day, that my daughters not be allowed at my funeral. Um, I, I was just enraged and I would I wasn't always enraged. I, it seemed to be that I was either, in the very beginning of my estrangement, I was either sobbing on the floor in the fetal position or I was standing up, shouting, screaming, and you know, pounding my fist because I was so angry. And when I look back at this now, I think to myself, wow, where this must have been what my kids felt when they were little. And I was demonstrating all of my anger back then, right? And my anger back then was verbal, right? Or I would slam cabinet doors, you know, doors in the house, um, that kind of thing. I don't recall, and maybe my daughters may have a different memory of this. But I don't recall ever throwing things um, or hitting, I, hitting them or anything physical. Um, other than the slamming of the doors. And I remember that as a kid, my mom used to yell at me to come back and close, come back and close that door like it, like it's supposed to be closed. So, um, my anger was, was verbal. So when I started expressing my anger after the estrangement occurred, when I got myself into therapy and started delving into why I was so angry, I then realized, wow, that must've been what my kids felt in all those years that that i was demonstrating my anger that they were scared of me and they were frightened of me and they were angry with me and while i knew that my anger was covering up fear and hurt i no one taught me how to express that anger and so i when i'm working with a strange particularly strange moms I work on them, work with them on accessing their anger, but I also work with them on helping them to understand the anger of their adult child, right, Um, and why potentially they are angry, and I see that more often than not, right, and generally parents see, you know, the, the adult child coming to them and saying, you know, screaming or, you know, being angry and telling them, I don't want to ever talk to you again. I want you out of my life and things like that. And while I know because I have been there, how very hurtful that is to hear that. I try to help moms to understand where that emotion is coming from. That the child is saying things and acting expressing the anger in unhealthy ways and trying to get to what's beneath that anger. What hurt, what pain, what fear, what shame might be lying beneath that anger. Because then we can take it it tends to take the negative the charge out of the ang- the display of anger when we, you know, when someone's coming at us full force with rage, right? It's really hard. And I, I get this. It's really hard in the moment to go, oh, they're hurting. <laughs> right? It's, it, yeah, it's not, most people can't do that. However, what we tend to do is we sit and ruminate on it and oh my god they were so angry and i'm so mad that they demonstrated that anger to me and this is the same thing for adult children with their parents right if they if their parents are displaying anger at them is in sitting with that and trying to figure out where is that pain coming from what might might they be feeling shame about that is beneath that anger and then when we can understand that or have an idea of it or, you know, think that we ha- we know what might be running the show beneath the surface, it tends to take the charge out of, well, they hate me and they don't, you know, ever want me in their life again. And you've, you have this feeling of hopelessness. So that's why I encourage wor- working through it and getting curious about what's beneath the surface. So um, Carla McLaren talks Um, and and I will have links to some of these articles and things that I've pulled offline um, in the show notes for today's episode. But Carla McLaren says, anger contains a great deal of focused protective energy. And when we don't have enough of it, we struggle to set boundaries and protect ourselves in relationships. Without our healthy anger, we can lose our vitality and our capacity to react and respond in resilient ways. But when we're using too much anger, we've got so much energy that we're like loose cannons with revolving knife attachments that breathe fire. With too much anger, we set rigid boundaries and protect ourselves so fiercely that we make everyone's lives miserable, including our own. So if you in reading that pair, those two sentences, you can see where estrangement comes into play, right? Again repeating, but when we're using too much anger, we've got so much energy that we're like loose cannons with revolving knife attachments that breathe fire. With too much anger, we set rigid boundaries and protect ourselves so fiercely that we can make everyone's lives miserable, including our own. Yet your anger exists to protect you honorably. If you choose to dishonorably express your anger at a person who offends against you, you will be dangerously unguarded. When your anger is used as a weapon and your person is left without protection, your psyche will have to pour more anger into the situation. If you habitually express your anger, you'll end up expressing this new infusion of anger as well, and you'll break your boundaries and the boundaries of others even further. This is how escalating rages and furies get started. The problem doesn't come from the essential energy of anger, but from the unskilled and dishonorable use of anger when it arises. When your healthy anger flows freely, you won't even know it's there. It will simply help you maintain your boundaries, your inner convictions, and your healthy detachments. Free-flowing anger will allow you to laugh compassionately at yourself and set your boundaries mercifully because both actions arise from inner strength and honorable self-definition anger brings you. When your anger is not allowed its natural flow, You'll have trouble setting and maintaining your boundaries. You'll tend to dishonor or enmesh with others. And your self-image will be imperiled by your reliance on the opinions of the outside world. Healthy anger sets your boundaries and helps you engage more effectively because it allows you to relate authentically and respectfully. When you have an awakened connection to your anger, and a clear sense of your own boundaries, you'll be able to honor boundaries and individually in others. Therefore, your relationships won't be based on power struggles, projections, or enmeshment. However, if you don't have access to your vital boundary-defining anger, you'll be undifferentiated, certainly, but you'll also be dangerous to people around you. If you repress your anger, you'll endanger others by creating passive and poorly defined boundaries that will lead you to enmesh yourselves in their lives. And if you dishonorably express your anger, you'll create imposing fear-inducing boundaries that will degrade the stability of everyone around you. When you can instead channel this noble emotion properly, you'll be able to maintain your boundaries and protect the boundaries of others with honor. And again, that was by Carla McLaren. Um, Brene Brown says, Many of us are raised to believe anger is quote-unquote bad, but anger isn't the problem. Behavior is. It's how we deal with our anger that makes or breaks not only our experience of this emotion, but other people's experience of us too. So what does healthy anger look like? Healthy anger is noticed, acknowledged, felt, and accepted for what it is. It's greeted with a questioning process. What is really behind this? Often anger mask other more vulnerable feelings like hurt and shame. As Peter Bregan writes in his book, Guilt, Shame, and Anxiety, healthy anger always walks hand in hand with vulnerability. When we express anger without additionally expressing the underlying vulnerability, this will only build barriers. It is one thing to tell friends or loved ones that we feel angry with them. It is another to express anger towards them in a way that is frightening or threatening. We will accomplish more if we express anger in a way that emphasizes that we feel hurt. That can invite the other person to listen to us and remedy the situation. He also points out that anger is never a solo emotion. Something else always exists below it. So I, again, to, um, this was from an article and, um, there's also a video that I, um, will link in the show notes as well from that with Brene Brown talking about anger, um, and its value. So what do we do with this anger, right? We're, we're, we're angry at all sorts of things when it comes to estrangement. And this is for both parents and, and adult children, right? The adult children are angry because they feel like they haven't been heard. And they feel like their parents trying to rule their life or trying to control their life, trying to um, enforce things or impose things that they don't want in their life. And um, adult and, and parents are angry because the children have, from their perception, um, are saying things that are untrue or have a different slant, or they've just walked out of their life and they have not told them reasons why. And that's very um, that induces a lot of fear and a lot of shame and a lot of hurt. And therefore, that's why a lot of times anger rises to the surface with that, right? It's also a part of the grief process and grief is um, a huge piece of estrangement as well. So what did I do to be able to move through my anger? I will tell you that today I am a completely different person when it comes to anger. Um, I used to get angry and stay angry for a very long time. Today, I get angry and... And it dissipates almost as quickly as it comes. Um, I don't hold on to it anymore. Um, I recognize it when it comes up. And I don't suppress it. I allow it to come up. Um, But how did I get there? I got there through a crap ton of therapy. And a lot of journaling. And I got all of those feelings that I had inside, up and out. So whether it was verbally talking with my therapist or writing it on paper, I got it up and out. And I'm here to tell you, I had a lot, a lot of journals that I wrote in the middle of my estrangement. And I have since burned every one of them because they're no longer, they serve the purpose they got, I got everything up and out and I transformed my relationship with anger. Um, and my children see that today. Um, because I was, have been able to transform that anger, I now can look back and see where, because I had so much anger and didn't have a good balance with that, I had very little um, joy in my life. And now I have a very healthy balance of joy and anger and sadness and happiness and laughter and tears, Um, but it was in talking. And again, I went to therapy, went in the middle of my estrangement in the beginning, the first six months or so of my estrangement, I was in therapy twice a week. And there were times I would walk into my therapist office and just be like, you know, cursing a blue streak and angry and never wanna see my kids again and talk about how entitled I thought they they were and how selfish I thought they were and all of that. But the important piece was I was not voicing that to either my kids or other people about my kids. Right? I just didn't. I left it for for the therapy room. And I take that back. There were a couple times that... I had a really good friend of mine that in the throes of the emotional, you know, something really emotional happening right in the moment that I expressed that. But I also knew that my my friend would not take that back to my kids, that she understood where that emotion was coming from and that I would eventually work my way out of it and through it. Um, And so I was not at risk of having any of that go back to my children. And that's, what's super important here is being able to voice and get in touch with your anger and get it up and out in safe and healthy ways. And, and for a lot of people, it's being able to voice that in a safe space, um, where it's not going to get back to others. And for me, that was therapy coaching also does that as well. So, um, those were things that worked for me. Um, and I have a couple of things here on how to cultivate how to cultivate how to cultivate a healthy relationship with anger um, and this is from Brene Brown um, and number one is to start by recognizing its mask. Anger doesn't always manifest as anger sometimes it's resentment, sometimes it's anxiety, sometimes it's depression. These masks often develop because we feel they feel safer than anger. Again, It's safer to have anxiety and depression and resentment than it is to actually feel the anger and express the anger. Number two, um, explore the messages you received around anger. So good girls don't get angry. Anger, anger equals aggressiveness. When you express your anger, people will leave you. Your anger is unjustified and unreasonable. If you have internalized these kinds of messages, then it's not surprising we're trying to channel our anger into something that feels more acceptable. Recognize that anger is a valid and acceptable emotion just as much as joy, sadness, grief, or anything else on the emotional spectrum. And I cannot express that enough. It, it, it's a valid and acceptable emotion and if you don't know how to get in touch with your anger, I'm, I am, I'm here to help. I, that's one of, my, <laughs> one of my passions in life is to help, especially women, to get in touch with their, in, with their anger in safe and healthy ways. Because suppressing that is so detrimental to our health. So detrimental to I, either our emotional and mental health and or our physical health. Um, so if you want, and want help with that, want to have a safe, safe space to let it fly, so to speak, contact me. I'll help you through that. Number three is redefine your relationship with anger. Remember, anger isn't the problem. Behavior is. Anger might not feel comfortable, but it's a rational response to feeling wronged and can lead to constructive outcomes when processed and responded to appropriately. Remember, anger isn't the same as venting. Studies have shown that punching a pillow or venting only makes us angrier. It doesn't help us process the anger. I will say I disagree with that to a certain extent. Um, I did a lot of venting in therapy, right? But my therapist, it wasn't just a come in and, you know, throw up anger all over the place and then walk out. We processed it. Right, it wasn't just coming in and vomiting anger everywhere. It was processing why was I angry, where, what was this anger, how was this anger serving me, things like that. Um, and look for feelings underneath the anger. Usually, these are a combination of hurt, shame, guilt, anxiety, or something similar. These are the root are are the root of our anger, and we need to acknowledge them, to relate to them, and express our anger in a healthy way. And then number four is practice conscious expression of anger. This might look like noticing you feel angry and taking a time out to process your feelings, getting to the root of your anger and decide how you want to respond. Even if someone has genuinely wronged us, we will only raise more barriers in that relationship if we express our anger without expressing the emotions that lie beneath it. When we can share the spectrum of our experiences, however, we give the other person a chance to empathize with us and make amends. Let me read that again. Even if someone has genuinely wronged us, we will only raise more barriers in that relationship if we express our anger without expressing the emotions that lie beneath it. When we can share the spectrum of our experiences, however, we give the other person a chance to empathize with us and make amends. Again, these are, this is a process, right? I am not saying you're going to get in touch. I'm going to get in touch with my emotions. I'm going to express them in a healthy way. And then I'm going to be reconciled with my children. And that's going to happen in three days. That's not how it works. Again, I was in therapy twice a week for the first six months of my estrangement. Right? And then I continued therapy. I'm still in therapy today. Because I am constantly uncovering, peeling back the onion one layer at a time to discover more and more and more and more things about myself so that I can learn how to be in healthy relationship with myself, as well as with my children and every other relationship I have in my life, personal, professional, or otherwise. And anger is a very real and valid emotion. Yes, you're angry that your children have estranged from you. Yes, you're angry because your parents are not hearing you and you don't, well, you don't feel heard by your parents. There is anger, valid anger involved with estrangement. Where we get sideways with it, where it becomes unhealthy, is in its expression. And by not getting curious about what's beneath the anger. So I hope that this has helped, you know, on some level to get you to think about anger, how it can be something that's good and it's not always bad. And I understand, I understand that, that can depend on how you were raised. If you were raised in a chaotic home and people were angry all the time and throwing things and hitting people and things like that, I, it is very valid that you would want to be as far away from anger as possible. I'm inviting you to consider what it might look like if you could learn to get in touch with your, your anger and express it in healthy ways and come into a healthy relationship with your anger. Okay. I will leave you with this quote from Brene Brown. Anger is a catalyst Holding on to it will make us exhausted and sick. Internalizing anger will take away our joy and spirit. Externalizing anger will make us less effective in our attempts to create change and forge connection. It is an emotion we need to transform into something life-giving. Courage, love, change, compassion, justice. Or sometimes anger can mask a far more difficult emotion like grief, regret, or shame. And we need to use it to dig into what's, what we're really feeling. Either way, anger is a powerful catalyst, but a life-sucking companion. And that again, that is by Brene Brown. This brings this episode to a close. I hope that this time together was time you feel well spent and that you were able to find some takeaway nuggets to help you on your journey, wherever you may be on your estrangement and reconciliation path. If you feel you've received something helpful from, or positive from this podcast, please consider following us, sharing a, this podcast with others, leaving a positive review, or becoming a financial supporter. You can also follow us on social media, on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok under the same name, The Estranged Heart. And lastly, if you are an estranged parent or an estranged adult child and would like to have your story shared on the podcast, anonymously or not, please reach out via email to theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Again, theestrangedheart at gmail.com. Until next time.